0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live, episode 36, coming to you quarantine free this week, and hopefully coming to you this week, audio issue free. Thanks so much for sticking with us last week. uh, I listened back, uh, as I like to do to the previous week episode, before the next episode, and I couldn't help but cringe at my audio issues, Uh, and there was no reason or rationale, but we made it. And it was a clunky episode at best. Uh, But we're here today to do better. And uh, I'm here with Jim as always. Jim, how are you today?
1: I am good. And yeah, you're right. Last week, probably not going to make our top five list ever um, of best episodes. Uh, But hey, stuff happens. The internet is what it is. Um, You know, some podcasts can sit in the same room and record, and uh, others have two guys from Michigan and Nebraska. So uh, that's who we are. And, yeah, I'm doing good, Tom, and uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, quarantine is not a thing anymore at your house, and that uh, all is well, and nobody got sick. So that's the important thing. Uh, even more important than the audio issues is that nobody got sick. Uh, so glad to hear that. What a week! What a week! What a week! <laughs> what, a,
0: what a week! Yeah, I know it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about AEW Revolution and uh, arguably that that's the biggest news story of the week in pro wrestling uh, for good reasons and maybe not so good reasons.
1: Ka-boom? Anyway. kaboom! boom uh, so, well, <laughs> uh, I believe uh, if you've noticed the title of this episode uh, that I put up, and Tom, you probably haven't seen it because it, it doesn't really show on the top of our screen. Um, the title of this episode is, uh, What Was That? So, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Stuff happens. It's live TV, folks. Um, so, we'll we'll talk about that, though. But before we do, head head. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Head to head. Uh, Tom, I, maybe there were audio issues, but it sounded to me last week like you were perfect. Maybe there were audio issues, and I missed some of your picks being wrong. Um, but, uh, they happened more later in the show and uh, yeah, you weren't wrong. You, you nailed every single match. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we clicked record and uh, I probably should have seen both matches. I got wrong going the way they went um, and Tom did. And so kudos to you on that, Tom, uh, but head to head Tom went uh, well, what do we call it? it? Eight? No, I guess Yeah, we
0: threw, uh, out, our, we threw out the buy-in match.
1: Yep. With, uh, with Reba not taking part in Maki Ito, uh, Coming in, we just said, okay, throw that one out um, because that certainly makes a large difference in how we might have viewed the match with Ito in there instead of Reba Re- Reba Rebel, whatever um, her name is. So, um, so we threw that one out. You went eight no, zero. I went six and two, missing both the ladder match and the tag team battle royal. In fact, the tag team battle royal, I picked a team that didn't even show up on the show. So there was that. Um, I talked- love.
0: I'd love to go back over the history of our last, uh, we're going to call it eight months, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less and look at what our records are in multi-man
1: matches and
0: see if there's any discernible difference for you versus I.
1: Well, I, if I remember right, we both missed the money in the bank matches. Um, I know we missed the men's one because we both said, there's no way Otis is winning this thing. Um, <laughs> uh, oops. And I don't think either. One, maybe one of us had an Oscar. I don't remember. We'd, yeah. We'd have to go back and look, but uh, it's probably not great. (laughs) I would say that. And certainly not on my end because, well, yeah. So Tom, do you have the overall records then? I know you're up by two, but.
0: Yeah. So as of today and before we record next week, which will be the head to head for fast lane again, still card in development. uh, Standings are 28 and six for Tom and 26 and eight for Jim. So two match difference.
1: Not bad picks though. I mean, we're both. We're both, you know, batting real well, um, but yeah, you you a little better.
0: And just got to keep it going.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Fastlane right now has two, three matches. I'd have to look.
0: I think it's two. I mean, three, two. I, I watched Raw this week, and the only two matches I'm aware of are the Universal Title match and the Women's Tag Title match. That's what In- I yeah, it Yeah. Uh, m- I don't know that we're going to talk WWE today specifically like Raw or SmackDown, but Raw was weird in the sense that they had a three-hour show and they did nothing tangible to to directly build to anything on Fastlane that, as they were promoting on their big screens, was a week from Sunday. So you're 13 days out, and I think you can like read the tea leaves and see where they may be going, but don't make us read the tea leaves. Just just book
1: matches. (laughs) Well, and I read a story yesterday that uh, apparently Vince, now, you know, sources say, so who knows, but apparently Vince uh, has decided that the card needs to be bigger, um, more star-studded, more important, whatever, for WrestleMania, Um, so he's basically thrown out they're, they're back to square one is what the story said, uh, for WrestleMania, which, you know, we've got two matches booked for WrestleMania already. Um, again, interestingly, the universal title and the SmackDown women's title, which plays into obviously a tag team title match, uh, from Fastlane. So interesting that those are the two stories for both Fastlane and WrestleMania that they seem to be able to get, you know, they're, they're pooping a group on, but, uh, yeah, the rest of it, who knows? Um, I I even saw a rumored match, um, not that we're going to go down the WrestleMania, but I saw a uh, a rabbit hole today, but I saw a rumored match of AJ Styles versus Triple H. And it's like, you got like six weeks. Are we going to start that story if it's going to be a WrestleMania match? Or is there just going to be a random like three weeks before the show, AJ Styles complains he's not on WrestleMania and Triple H walks out and points at the sign or some ridiculous no story way to get to that match? Um, if if that's even a match,
0: Um, he'll say, AJ, it's all about the game and how you play it. And now you've got me at WrestleMania,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah. You, You already, you already beat one McMahon at WrestleMania or no, did no, he lost at WrestleMania. Did Shane beat AJ?
0: I don't, did they even fight? All I can remember is like Shane McMahon versus the Miz and Shane McMahon versus
1: Undertaker. Yeah. AJ was Shane's or Shane was AJ's first WrestleMania opponent. Okay. Wow. Um,
0: very memorable, obviously.
1: One more time. AJ Styles comes into the WWE, and his first WrestleMania appointment is Shane McMahon. It makes my head hurt, Tom.
0: We're not, uh, yeah. So let's 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 put a pin right there. Yes. Let's not go down this hole, this trail, this path, this glass-covered, you know,
1: glass case of emotions.
0: No, I, was gonna, I wanted to say like it's like shards of glass on the floor before your feet, but that's. I didn't do a good job of articulating that Um, because then you have to just hop around and we don't need to do that. We're here to talk about revolution, which has its own unique uh, things that we can discuss. So one thing, listeners, that we're going to do today differently, um, and this is the first time that we're doing this, is Jim watched this show live. I did not watch this show live, um, so we've made a decision um, in the formatting of how we're doing our podcast, and 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 the content is when when neither of us, uh, or sorry, when each of us don't watch the show, we won't do three big things because it's a different pers- perspective. Um, so we're just going to do kind of popcorn topics uh, on AEW Revolution, and I'm sure at least for me, I'll think that'll lead, bleed into uh, the fallout that happened on Dynamite as well. So, Jim, you watched it live, so I think you have a little bit of a better, like, kind of finger on the pulse for the show than I would. Um, I've I, I read the results, and then of course I saw the the scuttlebutt online, uh, and lack of a better term, the fallout.
1: Yeah, yeah. fallout's a good word for it. Nothing else fell. Um, but uh, um, so, do, so let, let me ask this, Tom, and and you know, live on the air, I'll just ask it. Do we want to start with the death match or do we want to end with the death match
0: um, I, I mean it's the biggest story so why not start with it like
1: I don't okay. yeah that's yeah. fine um so so let's start there uh let me start by saying Kenny Omega and, and John Moxley had a pretty darn good match up until the end um it was it was it was a good battle the explosions when um when they hit the ropes you know, looked about like how if you've ever seen an exploding barbed wire deathmatch before, you know, from FMW or, or other places. Um, you know, looked similar to what I've seen with those. Um, they the paradigm shift that um Moxley hit kind of off the apron through one of the valleys of hell or whatever it was Callus called the, the boards on the on the floor. I can't remember now the right term. Um the explosion wasn't as good. But again, you're going through that. So I understand, you know, there's a safety into how you want to do that. You can't really blow the guys up as they hit the board either. Um, And again, if you can't do certain things, don't advertise certain things um, either. I mean, you know, you can't do that. Everybody knows you can't. So you got to be a little careful. That one was a little weak, I would say, but not obviously to the level of what happened after the match. Uh, I can say watching it when the match ended before the 30 minute countdown, uh, which they did not have on screen so I, I don't even know the official time on the match it probably wasn't as close to 30 minutes as they might tell you um maybe it was I haven't seen I'd have to look at uh, Meltzer usually is really good at putting times up but um when it ended before the 30 minute you know countdown and the big explosion was going to happen I thought, So why did they put that in there? You know, much like we've talked about with ROH and the pure rules about if you interfere, you're going to get fired. Like you have a rule. It never comes into play. Why have that rule? Um, So with the 30 minute countdown, I was like, well, that was kind of dumb. But then the announcers kept playing up like, you know, they got to get out of there. Like we're getting close to the countdown. They got to get out of there. There's going to be an audible siren um, right before the countdown, which was a little goofy. Um, But sure enough, you know, air raid sirens go off. Um, because that's what happens before a ring explodes, I guess. Um, and Gilberg showed up to AEW. Um, some sparklers in the corners went off. I mean, Kingston covered up Moxley like he was going to protect him, which we can get to in a minute here, the idea that, of Eddie Kingston now um, coming to save John Moxley, which I thought actually was pretty well done. He was trying to I didn't fully understand why he didn't just pick Moxley up, but I guess dead weight knocked out, you know, 250 pound guy or 230 pound guy, whatever Moxley is, um, you know, might be hard to just lift deadlift off the ground too. Um, But he covered him up Four sparklers went off. There was a little bit of a cloud of smoke and nothing. Um, Before we talk about that for a minute, I do want to say uh, I have not seen dynamite yet. I have read dynamite's results um, so that I could have some sort of an hopefully intelligent conversation with you today, Tom, I got to give AEW credit. They tried to make chicken salad out of chicken stuff um, with what happened on Sunday, which obviously they weren't going to be happy about. Nobody in the, in the company was happy. I'm sure. And I've heard that the rigging company uh, who they had hired kind of went, well, yeah, that happens sometimes. And like, that was their explanation. Um, which sounds like it didn't make AEW people happy, which I can understand. You just, you promoted this, you know, it went over like a fart in church. Um, you know, they're not going to be happy. I have to give them some credit on dynamite for trying to twist it as much as they can. Omega's, you know, a bad builder or whatever. Um, Moxley said, you know, he thought it had Acme on the side of it, um, which I thought was a fun little reference. Um, King Kingston trying to talk about, he laid there for so long because he sold it. Like the whole thing, had exploded. And, which kind of made it worse in the end, honestly, but at least his explanation of he went into PTSD kind of thing. They tried, they tried to cover for it as best they could. And that's all you can do other than having just somebody walk out on camera on Wednesday night and go, Hey, that sucked. Let's pretend it never happened and move on with stories. Um, They did the best they could, but Tom, as you read uh, what happened and and maybe you've seen, have you seen a video of the,
0: of the oh, so they they yes because it was it was the 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 most popular meme 24 hours you know for or for about 24 hours after the fact. The question I want to pose, and this is not to like you know, create you know an argument between us because that's not what I'm that's not what I'm trying to do, and and I, and I know this won't land with you like that, but
1: I'm getting ready to fight. You,
0: you've you, you've heard the story. There's your side of the story. There's my side of the story, and there's the truth, right? okay do, do 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 we think that we'll ever get the full truth here like no. i i i i agree with what you said and and all of the all of the kind of commentary around this that it not meeting AEW's expectations and there was a malfunction being legitimate but this is pro wrestling and you know if if it's if it's not that and if it if it truly is that it was it was it was a gimmick and Kenny Omega you know, duped everyone this whole time. Don Catalyst duped everyone. I mean, either they got darn lucky, and they and that's a pretty easy storyline, and it's a logical storyline to connect. Uh, that's also a saving grace, or that's actually what was meant to happen. I, I don't, I don't know where I land on the on the issue. Um, I, I know we we have a mutual friend who was very adamant about criticism of of, of how that went down and you know, the way that, that that individual responded made me think that it truly was a malfunction and, and AEW did not get the the bang they were looking for, for lack of a better term, but I don't know that he's in the know enough to, to, to even, to even know, right? So I, I think, I think they've covered it well. I, I think that, that whether they intended it to be this way or not, and, and, and again, let's, let's keep their narrative that they didn't. I'm only bringing up the other side of the coin just to have a conversation. Um, they they've they've done they've done really well and and like you named it you know on aw with the in-ring um and the backstage stuff uh the vignette with moxley and and kingston to 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 turn chicken salad or chicken stuff into chicken salad so um yeah i mean again and again and i and I, and i also share your opinion i don't think we'll ever know the truth
1: in the end you know when Tony Khan does his media scrum um, after any pay per view, um, and he, and he's very forthcoming. And I think it's you know there there are folks, including friends of ours, who really harp on the fact that Tony and and the Bucks and Omega and and Rhodes all push that AEW is going to be a sports centric themed uh, product. And I, and I think we've seen that while there are some aspects of that, it's a pro wrestling product. It's you know it's got some cheesy hokey roll I roll stuff. Um, but Tony does do these media scrums, which is is very sports esque, you know, like the press conferences after a, a big game.
0: Well um, it's it's like Dana White it, in UFC.
1: Yeah, yeah, like exactly like Dana in the UFC. Um he had one line that that does make me and, and made me question exactly what you did of was this a, a mistake and a botch or was this supposed to go off the way it did? The only thing that makes me think it was supposed to be a bigger explosion was Kingston's reaction. I don't, uh, and and who knows, we'll never know. I, I hope they didn't book it where it was a dud, and then Kingston was supposed to sell it like he was dead. Um, I, if they if they were booking it to be a dud, I would hope it would be a dud, and then Kingston stands up and goes, "What the hell is this?" Um, you know, and and play it that way. That, that's the only thing that makes me kind of lean that direction, but. Leaning the other direction, Tony had a line in his scrum and I want to read it um, so that it's, it's his words and it's not me paraphrasing it. Um, He said the plans we saw in crayon and all through the match, we saw it um, with talking about Omega uh, building the, the extermination chamber or whatever, which yeah, be careful with that wording yikes. Um, But uh, that they were making for Moxley again, quoting con directly. uh, It looked very cool and it's very deadly, painful match. But at the end, I mean, I don't know what people really wanted. Unless you actually wanted us to explode the guys at the end, there's only so much you can do. So without blowing the ring and both guys up, I think the basic explanation is that Kenny's ring set to explode. His plan as a heel to build the thing with a hammer and nails, as we saw. The final bomb just didn't go off. So that kind of sounds like, well, what did you want me to do? I couldn't blow the ring up, so I had to do this instead. And and that's what made me kind of lean that direction, Tom, and go, was this the plan? Um, and, and I agree with you. I don't think we'll ever know. If it was the plan, the way it went over, Tony Khan's never, and, and I and I can't blame him for this. I'm not calling him out on this. Tony Khan's never gonna go, Oh yeah, that was the plan, and boy, hmm, that didn't go well. Well, um,
0: so but but therein lies the 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 challenge that for me personally, if you're gonna have the the behind the scenes face of the company or the owner go and do these media scrums. He's clearly blurring the lines of it being a pro wrestling product by saying Omega's the bad guy, uh, you know, this, that, or the other, right? Like you don't see Dana White going and going, Oh, uh, you know, John Jones and GSP just had a mat just, just had a fight and, you know, and whatever, like he's not pulling the curtain back on. He, I mean, and again, legitimate sport versus scripted sport i understand that i would argue that in a scripted sport you don't have the person whose blood sweat and tears and financial investment going into this being the being the person that responds to those things they should have someone that they've hired to to do media but then they'd have to script that person's responses maybe too i don't know i this is that's another another topic for another day maybe but we can talk about it now too just how do you feel about like those types of things and and again it's not just the aw centric thing i think triple h doing facebook live recaps after uh, a takeover is another good example of this you know where do we draw the line if we draw a line between keeping the product and the storylines in this universe and then letting reality weave its way in in these media scrums
1: yeah and i think the point you made about him talking about well kenny omega's a heel um that that's a weird statement to make in these things i think triple h does a pretty good job of walking that line between answering questions about you know if there's behind the scenes stuff going on or those kinds of things and and the storylines they're trying to tell Uh, it's almost similar in some ways to you and i had a conversation along with some others um, around the way that WWE uses Raw Talk and and Talking Smack, and they kind of blur those lines. Um, Peyton Royce had a big promo um, this week on Raw Talk. We've seen Daniel Bryan have you know impassioned promos on Talking Smack. We've seen The Miz. We've seen Big E. We've seen Mustafa Ali. Um, in fact, that's where Mustafa uh, explained why T-Bar, Slapjack, and Mace are all wearing and Reckoning are all wearing masks, and even though. You Know they kind of hinted at we know who these people are. Why are they why have they changed their appearance and their names? And he, and he explained that they never showed it on Raw. <laughs> now that's a whole other problem. Um, why they're not utilizing that stuff. Um, and and AEW doesn't usually show cons um media scrums on dynamite either. Um, so where do you utilize that type of information? Um, it, it is we're, we're in such a weird spot in that you know it's not the kayfabe world where you know heels and and faces couldn't even travel together and if they got caught in a bar together they got fired and you know all of those kinds of days back in the the 60s and 70s and maybe even early 80s um every everybody i don't want to say everybody but most everybody knows what wrestling is um you know maybe some kids still believe and you know it's still real to me guy you know at the conventions or whatever but um it, it is weird, and the explanation was strange. Um, I'll just say it was strange. <clears throat> His explanation was strange. The show as a whole, and we'll talk a couple other, um, you know, nuggets out of the show as well, but the show as a whole was good, but it was the first time that I felt at the end of the show like, eh, that really wasn't worth 50 bucks. Um, and I think it's because we're in such a time frame of WWE gives you everything, everything current, anyways. And we're going to talk more about um, backlog and that sort of thing in a little while here later on when we talk about the network. Um, but for ten bucks a month, or now five bucks a month um, on Peacock Premium, uh, so you're getting you're getting WrestleMania for five bucks a month. Now you, you talk about AEW's a you know if you feel that's a better booked product, it's a more exciting product. You can talk about all of that absolutely. Um, but when you're getting every WWE monthly pay-per-view for five bucks a month now, it was 10, they're even dropping the price now to five through Peacock. Uh, and you get the office too, which office of parks and rec for five bucks a month, sign me up. Um, but that, that being here and there, um, you get that for five bucks a month. And now you're asking me four times a year to spend $50. So for the price, Basically, and in your case, if you wanted to watch it through your cable provider, it's $60. So basically, in your case, you get the whole year of WWE on Peacock for the same price as one month, one show, one four-hour show. Um, Not quite four-hour show. That's hard. You really got to blow it away every time.
0: It, and to that point, if you make that choice and you had chosen last Sunday and then you walked away feeling unfulfilled, how likely are you to put your money back on the table the next
1: time that you have that opportunity? Right. And, and I just felt everything went at almost every match. I felt like they could end this now. Like it was good, but like everything just felt like it had to be long. Um, It got into that, and New Japan does this sometimes too. Um, New Japan is as guilty as anybody probably of doing this sometimes where it's like, they feel like a match, for a match to be epic, it has to be 30 minutes or it has to, you know. I don't think it does. If you tell your story well and if your action's good, some matches can be that long. Absolutely. Um, You know, they kind of tipped their hat that the exploding death match was going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 minutes because of that whole 30 minute countdown that they were going to do. You know and then the whole ring and the arena was going to blow up and everything um
0: so and, and just to, just to clarify because I, I i don't remember from reading this omega did pin moxley before that happened is that correct, correct? okay that is correct. okay okay yep. I, I i i wasn't clear and i didn't go back and, and, and spend the time to look so lazy me to to identify if omega escaped because the ring exploded and he just made it out while Moxie was incapacitated, or if he had actually had pinned him, won the match, and then that still transpired after the fact. So thank you yep. for clarifying that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, yeah, he had pinned him and and then the good brothers came out, they put a little beat down on Mox, and then uh Kingston came out to make the save, and that was when the 10-second the clock uh showed up on the screen and the sirens went off and Callus, you know, basically said, We gotta get out of here, you know, to Omega and and the Good Brothers. Um so uh, yeah, I'm guessing we won't see another exploding barbed wire death match in AEW maybe ever. Um, certainly not for a really long time, though. Uh, probably for the best, to be perfectly frank. Well,
0: um, and, and then taking taking everything that kind of is the fallout from that match, of course, you've got Kenny Omega who retains and is still the AEW world champion. You've got the Good Brothers and Dom Callis still very much in the mix. You've now got this reconciliation and it's awesome energy in my opinion between Moxley and Kingston. And it appears that Kingston is no longer associated with the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny. I believe that to be true with, with what happens on Dynamite.
1: Yeah.
0: Um a six-man tag down the road makes a lot of sense. I don't know that how quickly I want to see Mox and Omega again. I think that might be done you know, in terms of the singles but give me Eddie Kingston versus Omega that'd be awesome and give me and we're going to get next week good brothers versus Moxley and Kingston and Who then would you,
1: you, would you put with them for the six man
0: well so th- so that's that's interesting because when when you when you eventually see dynamite you're going to see how that segment plays out and how it closes oh, and we'll talk yeah, we'll talk yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that i don't think that's the right fit um, selfishly and we talked about him last week um i'd love to see chris hero um chris hero has a history with eddie kingston uh chris hero and 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 moxley probably have some kind of knowing of each other from back in the you know nxt days um i'd love to see chris hero versus kenny omega i think chris hero um again AEW is flush with talent so like adding one more guy right now you know before long there's not going to be seats on the bus uh so they need to be careful there um even though with dark elevation starting next Monday, it, it, it seems like they're going to have new platforms for for other guys to to shift their shift where they're spotlighted, uh, and girls for that matter, not just guys. Um, so again, and I and, and that thought is organic and fresh to me as of this morning. Me thinking, who who do who do I wish like if I'm fantasy booking it, and how I could see this over the next six months. Selfishly, I want Chris Hero, but I, but there's that's that's a more of an emotional pick for me. Than it is maybe a business sense pick or a logical
1: pick. Yeah, no, and it would, it would storyline make a lot of sense, uh, because of Kingston and Hero's past. And and like you said, Hero and, and Moxley certainly have crossed paths, you would think. Um, I don't know if they've ever worked a match against each other. I, nothing jumps to mind, certainly. Um, but, which is kind of a shame. I actually would like to see that, uh, down the road as well. But, uh, well, let's talk about what happened on Dynamite. So Kingston and Omega had a face-to-face, which I love the idea. of. Eddie Kingston is one of the best talkers I think in the game. Uh, he's real. He's authentic. He he does not sound scripted. I don't think he is either. I think I think AEW really, for most people, does kind of do the bullet point um, for the, especially those who have the ability. To do that, you know, maybe they script some of the younger guys who who need that right now and aren't ready. Maybe to cut a promo on their own, Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, MJF, those kind of guys. You know, Moxley hand hand them bullet points and they're gonna they're gonna roll with it. Um, Kingston is so believable on the mic, so I love the idea of elevating him. You know, do I think Eddie Kingston's gonna beat Kenny Omega for the title? No, I don't. But I'm okay with that. I didn't think Kingston was gonna beat Moxley for the title either, and I enjoyed their match. Um, I don't necessarily have to. Th- it helps to think that the other guy might win. But if you tell the story right along the way, you might even get me to believe it during the match. We talked about um, with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns in the last man standing match when Owens handcuffed him, you know, at the bottom of that scaffolding or whatever it was. I had the moment of going, holy cow, I think they might actually flip the belt here for a little bit. Uh, so tell the story, right? You can you can change my mind halfway through a match. Uh, and I think they could do that with Kingston Omega. Absolutely. I have to admit, I'm disappointed in how that segment ended on Dynamite. That you kind of crapped all over in my mind, maybe that's not the right word, but pushed aside what Kingston and Omega had just done and pivoted now to show that Christian is interested in in the AEW title. And everybody should be interested in the AEW title. Omega should have everybody coming for him. I'm, I'm good with that. Everybody, that should be the goal is to be the world champion. I just don't know that I would have done it right at that moment. Um, and Christian is going to be a great guy, I think, to help bring along a lot of those young guys. You know, he'll have a coach role, I'm sure, too, um, and and kind of be an in, in-ring coach, you would think. Do we have to go right to Christian Omega? And, and I kind of feel like that's where we're going to go for double or nothing.
0: I, uh, that's not, yeah, that's not the match we thought we were going to get. Again, we, Christian wasn't on you know, that landscape at that point, but right. I, well, so interesting to note, um, and I don't mean to jump in to cut you off necessarily. I, 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 so, I, 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 well, no, all
1: I was doing was going. Eh, so yeah, yeah really cutting me
0: off. Uh, Kingston didn't ha- didn't didn't have a a word on the mic during that entire in ring segment. It was callous talking, and and like he, so he never had a rebuttal. His his rebuttal was Omega said, "I'll give you one shot," and and Kingston laid him out, and that's when the Good Brothers attacked, and that's when Moxley made the save, which again gives us the the, the tag match next week, which again seems quick. I think you can build more and maybe get, draw more viewership up. I digress. I mean, again, these guys—the Good Brothers—are not even AEW talent; they're Impact talent. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe give us more than one week's build to that. Uh, I don't know if you're trying to draw new eyes or more eyes. Um, again, I don't. What do I know? I've never booked pro wrestling, so uh, this is just a guy who has a podcast with with a good friend of his. Um, but yeah, then Christian coming out at the end. So, so the idea was that Omega and Callus and the Good Brothers took Christian's time that he was allotted to make his like introductory statement beyond pay-per-view to AEW. So that was stolen. So I understand why he came in, but you just have so many things happening. Like, so you've got the Kingston, Moxley, Omega, Good Brother story here, and then you weaved in the Christian element, but that was the original element before the bad guys came out and stole his time, which you already had Lance Archer coming out earlier in this show and stealing Sting's time. So we we we've done the exact
1: and, same and thing did, twice. in the, the character seem to go back heel. Yeah, like it seemed like he had turned babyface, and now all of a sudden, for no real apparent reason, he's acting like a heel again. Like that was a little bit weird when I read that. Yeah.
0: So so again. Not, not not being overly critical in you know, we, we're being critical, and that's fair of us to do because we watched it and we were perceiving it as it was delivered to us. Uh and, and again, there was no Tony Khan media scrum after Wednesday to explain us uh what what we did see or didn't see. Uh that being said, the other big thing or another big thing to take away from Sunday into Wednesday is the AEW debut of Christian Cage. And he is the Hall of Fame caliber signee that Paul White told us was coming uh it's worth going back Jim uh to listen to last week when you're like I've seen it reported christian is under a legends deal there's no way he's coming in um like if we had ever like a true introduction to these episodes where we had music and and one-liners that would be one of the best ones uh because it's just like and again I'm I'm poking fun at you but it's in all all respect and all love um because again I don't I wouldn't have Predicted this uh again. I, we talked about it last week. It's a dangerous precedent you're setting when you're building up expectations or hopes or beliefs in the minds of and in the eyes of fans, and then delivering Christian Cage. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause there for a second. That we can we can, can, can continue the AEW conversation. But to the comment you made a few minutes ago about Vince McMahon wants to shuffle the deck and make WrestleMania more star-studded. Well, you had Christian in your Royal Rumble two months ago, not even two months ago. And then you let them go to your, your, your number one competitor, uh, the, uh, an emerging popular developing brand who truly is a competitor for you. It's the first competitor that they've had in 21 years, 22 years, maybe. And you're letting guys that are, that are hall of famers for your company move on. Now, again, Christian's history and his, his, you know, his career path, his resume, he's been everywhere. So I guess if there's ever one guy that makes sense to show up there, he is that guy. Um, But that's less of a statement of his value or his importance and more just like you look at his history and kind of how he's done the, the, the winding road of, his professional wrestling journey. How did how did it go? How did it land with you when it was announced on the pay per view? And then and and you know we talked about again. It seems like that might be the main event for or the world title match for Double or Nothing. Do you have to go to Omega Christian right out of the bat? Like we and we don't even know what his motivations are yet. If I'm if I'm not mistaken.
1: Right, right. Um, and and Sunday morning I saw a report uh, retracting uh, the gentleman who had put out that legends deal, um, news said, you know, I've come to find out that he's not under a legends deal. His deal was with Fox and that may have expired as well. And I'll be honest at that point, I went, the, the reason he's retracting that is it's Christian. Christian is coming in. Um, so I was not shocked when he showed up because I had seen that report, um, retracting that statement. I would have been shocked had I not seen that report. Um, and I have to give some people credit, Kurt Angle, Um, For sure, I have to give credit. A couple others. I'm trying to remember now who they were. They kind of put out little teaser videos. Like Angle put, I mean, Angle is ripped. That dude has gotten himself into crazy shape. Um, And he put out a little teaser video of him in his singlet looking shredded. um, And didn't say, like, see a Sunday or anything like that, like we joked about Punk might do. Um, Punk was adamant all along. It wasn't him. Um, So he was not, you know. He, he was trying not to play into that um, speculation. So kudos to him for not trolling everybody and, and whipping up the frenzy even more. Um, but some other people took advantage of it. And I can't blame him because, you know, uh, Angle would have been interesting to see. I have to believe that Christian made this call because Christian wants to work somewhat regularly, maybe in the ring. And maybe WWE just wasn't willing to do that, either due to his medical or maybe they just didn't feel like they had a spot or whatever. Um Man, you got to think he would have played somewhere into the Roman Reigns edge build, though. Um, so, you know, you got to think somebody in WWE is going, how did we blow that and not have him at least sign to a deal through April? Um, you know, even a short-term legends deal. I don't know, however those all work out. Uh, because you have to think, especially after their interaction in the Royal Rumble, um, that Christian could have played a role somewhere in this storyline. Um, uh, you know, I will say... I'm gonna watch WWE pretty closely now because when Randy Orton uh, interacts with a legend and gets rid of them, and we don't see them again then for a while, they tend to show up on AEW. Uh, so Randy is apparently a mole uh, working for for Tony Khan. But uh, anyways, it, it landed okay with me. You know, I, I wanted to reserve judgment, frankly, when it when he signed and and say, okay, what are you gonna do with him? I've always enjoyed Christian. Christian's never been like one of my top guys, but he's not anybody that I I've ever had a problem with. He was always good in the ring. Um, I was glad when he got world title runs. I think he deserved, you know, that opportunity to see how he could do at the top. I do not want to see him as the AEW world champion. And I hope that is not the plan at any point. Uh, I think, as I said a little bit earlier, I think he can be, I think he's a a great person who can help teach some of the younger guys in AEW and they got a lot of young talent, uh, who has a lot of talent, but has a lot of room to grow too. I think he can be somebody that can really help bring those folks along uh, with promos. Christian's always been a good talker uh, with promos, with in-ring work, all of that kind of stuff, storytelling, all of that. I think Christian can be a huge asset to AEW. I just don't know that I need him focused on in the ring. You know, you look at kind of how they've used Matt Hardy and, I guess I'd rather see Christian than Matt Hardy to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, So, so in that way, good. Uh, But you look at how they've used him to kind of bring along some younger guys. I think that makes some sense with what they're doing with him, whether I'm enjoying the Matt Hardy thing or not the point of what I can see them doing. I get, Uh, and I, I hope that's true with Christian too. Maybe now when Matt Hardy came in, he was involved with the inner circle right away and with the elite. And so, and now has kind of moved into that, uh, bring along the young guys kind of role. Maybe that happens with Christian too. Maybe they start him on top and then and then move him into that kind of a role. Okay, Strike Willie Iron's hot-ish, I guess, or the hottest you'll probably ever have it with Christian. But, yeah, I just I, – I don't need to see Christian in Omega. I don't, personally. But we're going to. Let's be honest. We're going to see that match at some point. And maybe it'll be really good. I don't know. But is that going to make me really want to buy Double or Nothing? At this moment, no. Maybe they can tell a story that will make me want to see that. But so I, I obviously reserve judgment for that. But at this point, not so much. Uh, the other debut. So let's chat. Um or, or is there anything more you want to say on Christian Tom? I no, no,
0: no, Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see what he actually has the chance to talk. I'm gonna guess that's right. gonna be next week. Um yeah, I'm 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 open, uh I'm open to seeing what happens. I, I share yeah. a lot of the same opinions. Like, he's he's not someone that I'm going to be like. Well, I'm going to definitely watch AEW more because he's there. It doesn't change
1: it doesn't change
0: my desire to be engaged with the product in any way differently than it did a week ago.
1: Uh, totally agreed, and it and it doesn't make me less likely to watch AEW either. To be fair, yeah. um, you know, I I just I, he's to me he's not a needle needle mover either direction. Um, so I hope he's not being paid as in Needle mover either direction for them business wise. Um, I, you know, I hope he's getting a payday, obviously, he's getting a payday or he wouldn't be there. Um, and, and kudos to him, you know, make that cheddar, but um, go for it. But mm. uh, the other debut we saw was in the ladder match, Ethan Page, who is a guy I've just never gotten. Um, I, I, he just doesn't click for me. I know we've got some friends who, who do enjoy him, and that's great. I'm glad he clicks for some, but uh, I kind of, it didn't shock me because, again, he had finished up at Impact, um, and they've obviously moved uh, Josh Alexander into a singles role, so it doesn't didn't look like he was coming back to Impact. doesn't shock me he's here in AEW. Again, willing to see what they do with him, but meh. As far as a – probably the eh, – him and Matt Seidel would be my most like, oh, that's the guy uh, when the surprises come out. You know, Brian Cage I thought was a pretty good surprise when he came out. Uh, but yeah, Ethan Page, eh. Uh, but it did lead to you getting a match right in the latter match. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Ethan Page and then also your thoughts on uh, the push for a guy that you have been behind for a long time, um, in Scorpio Sky, who definitely seems to finally, uh, be getting a little bit of a singles push and he won the, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Memorial, uh, ring trophy or something to get that TNT title shot.
0: Champion of the Honey Nut Cheerios, Scorpio there you Star. are.
1: <laughs> Why not just a contract? I mean, it's for a TNT title match. Why not just a contract? You don't even have to do the briefcase. Hang the contract on a hook. Like, the ring was dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: the proverbial brass ring.
1: Well, and, and that, I think that was part of it. Like, I thought it looked way cheesy. And then the whole just wink, nudge, nudge of it being a brass ring, you know the only thing they could have done was put a glass ceiling underneath it that you had to break to get into the name thing. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that part, notwithstanding the ladder match I thought was, was okay. Um, and, and there is a piece coming out of that that I want to touch on too after this, but interested to hear your thoughts on Ethan page and then Scorpio sky getting the push.
0: One, one more just ironic, uh, shot for lack of a better term.
1: Uh, you know, they could
0: have done us one better. They could have had a mirror hanging above the ring. And when you grabbed the mirror, you looked into it, and then you were truly the
1: face of the revolution. Uh, Impact's going to book that now because. So <laughs>
0: uh, I digress. I digress. Um, we share similar opinions about Ethan Page. Uh, I was a very big fan of Evolve Wrestling, and he probably had his biggest uh, North American. Wrestling impact. Um, no, I'd say United States Wrestling Impact in Evolve yeah. or with Evolve.
1: Yeah, because he 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 did really well in in his own promotion, A1, um, in Canada. I know he had some good runs in Canada.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I remember him more for being the guy that helped get Darby Allen over than mm-hmm. him than than, than than him being the one that got over. Now, granted, you have to be a decent talent in many ways on the mic in the ring, et cetera, to be part of getting something over. But when, when I'm remembering Darby Allen's role in it and calling that out and not saying your name, there's, there's a tangible difference there. So again, I'm eager to see what happens uh, with him going forward, how he gets involved. Sadly, he was really, he was hampered by some really bad audio issues on Wednesday night um, there, For some weird reason, when he did his backstage segment and then came out to the ring and the match, there was some audio from a, an NBA game that was in, crossed with the feed, and it really interfered with the ability to – you could hear his promo, you could hear the announcers, but it was competing music. It was like two audio tracks on top of one another, and I don't know if, again, TNT, they have an M- NBA contract, um, and again – I, I, I for one, and no one who who should be talking about audio issues with last week's episode in a rearview mirror. That being said, um,
1: so I he, did see he, somebody say maybe Sammy Callahan's coming in.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you don't you don't get a chance to redo your debut on TV, and so like I feel bad for him in that way, right. and 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 I know that you know at least on the Twitter version of Tony Khan, which there's no Twitter version, It's it's he is who he is. He did say they were gonna upload the clean audio version right after Dynamite was done for fans who wanted to see that and maybe listen to announcers or if they were trying to weave storyline aspects into it that you couldn't tangibly get. Um, so that's that. Yes, Scorpio Sky winning, love it. Love it that it happened. Love it that it was my pick. Love it that it helps in the Pick'Em competition that we do. Uh, thought that his match with Darby on Wednesday was really good. And it appears to be not just a one-off because after the match, he snaps and he appears to it. it there's no there's no appearance. He's gone fully healed. You don't need to name it. He's gone. He's gone off off the dark side. Um, and he's distancing himself or has distanced himself without making a formal announcement from SCU, uh, which is okay. And I and I hope that great big things happen for Scorpio Sky in the months to come. I think that there's a long-term story that you can tell with Darby Allen. I think it makes sense that Darby has a guy that chases him and the title for a while. Uh, now with the team Taz stuff resolved. do the, the one thing I just don't know is will they, will they eventually give him the TNT title? Uh, I, you know, selfishly, I'd love to see it. I I don't know. Like, you know, Darby Allen is such a marketable guy, but like I said last week, I, I believe I said last week, you know, Darby Allen is kind of of an evergreen, you know, figure in, 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 in AEW at least. I think that he's the guy that you can have him lose not seven straight times perhaps, but he can take a pinfall loss or another loss and not have his aura damaged. He maintains that his charisma, his persona, the way he carries himself, the way he's presented supersedes wins and losses. Now it's great to see him win and to, to give that title. Like he's now making title versus title making him. Uh, I think that you know Scorpio Sky. If he unseats Darby at some point, the title becomes then makes Scorpio Sky or takes it to another level.
1: Yeah, I I think this is interesting because I think, um, and we may talk about this in NXT when we talk NXT in a minute here too. When you bring well, not bring somebody new in when you um, change someone's character, turn them babyface or heel it's always interesting to me who's their first program with same thing when you bring somebody into, um, so that, you know, could go for for an Ethan page or, or even Christian. We've talked about that. Um, and so Scorpio's first program as a heel is this title feud with Darby. Um, I feel like it's really early to, to potentially take the title off of Darby, even if it's in like, say two months, let's say it's a double or nothing. Maybe they build to another match between them at a double or nothing for the title. Um, and, and give us a good story behind it and, you know, a feud for Darby, uh, moving him away. I'm glad they're moving Darby away from Team Taz. Uh, that's been going on for almost a year, um, and and the street fight should have ended that. Uh, and kudos to them, not a bad cinematic match. I don't need to see a lot of cinematic matches, but that one actually wasn't, like I, probably the only cinematic match, and this is going to sound really stupid, that I actually, like, really clicked for me was the firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania last year. And yes, I realized the boneyard match also happened, but I was on the other side of the boneyard. A lot of people love the boneyard match. And I was just a little bit like, it was fine. Um, the street fight would, was good. Um, at, at dynamite. I thought they, cinematically, I thought they did it well. I thought they didn't get too cutesy with things, um, which WWE tends to do in their cinematic matches. They get a little too cutesy. Um, So good there. I'm glad that's moved on. I'm glad that now Darby moves on as the champ as the TNT champion. And and that's the focus um, of this feud, I guess, for lack of a better word. We're only one week into it, but it does seem like, like you said, like it's going to be an ongoing thing. So I think it's always interesting because you don't, in some ways you don't want to see Scorpio sky lose his first feud as a heel. Although you can, if you do it right. Um, So they have the chance to do that. And on the other hand, is it time? Is it too early to take the title off of Darby Allen? Because I don't feel like Darby Allen has really had a TNT title feud yet since he won the title, because he's been so embroiled with Team Taz and Sting. So uh, you know, and the TNT title seems to be the one that flips most often in In oh, I almost said WWE and AEW. Uh, so short reigns aren't aren't out of the the realm a possibility either. So I think it's interesting to see And And, um I'm not quite as I, I'm high on Scorpio sky. I'm probably not where you are with him. Um, but I like him and, and I like that they're doing something with him because I feel like I, part of why I think sky hasn't ever totally clicked for me is it just feel like the promotions I've seen him in, nobody's ever fully gotten behind him. He's always been kind of the third guy in SEU to me. Um, part of that's probably just because I'm more familiar with Daniels and Kazarian and their tag work and, and that sort of thing. Um, but then Sky was always the other guy. Uh, so I like that Sky's getting his own spotlight now uh, to really be able to see what he does. I'm interested to see Dynamite um, and see how the the full heel turn goes, even though obviously he'd been kind of going that direction the last week or so. Um, I, I'm interested to see it. And I like that we have two, it's hard to call Sky a young guy because he's been around the business for so long now, um, but two new newer faces because Darby is a young guy and Sky is somebody who's never been put in this high profile of a position for any length of time. He had the, the match with Jericho early on in AEW, which was very good. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how Sky does in this position now as a, a solo heel. I So far, so good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, for him, what I've seen and and his work at the latter match,
0: uh, yeah, pays pays yeah. pay special attention to just the mannerisms and the body language of Sky after the match on Wednesday, um, and at, so I, you you've read you're familiar with kind of what happens kind of broadly, like you know it, it's right. it's, a, it's kind of it's it's a it's not a roll up, but it's a it's a it's a small package style victory, you know, kind of like. I won't call it a fluke, but again, it's one of those things. That we, oh, you know, you, you got lucky, right? You could, you could say you got lucky. Well, then Sky snaps and then he seems to have remorse and then he doesn't. So the body language helps really emphasize that, which I thought was strong.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And, and I love little nuances like that when, when guys have character work like that and, and sky, Sky, you know, can keep having that piece um, even better even better for him as, as he develops that character. Uh, the other piece out of the ladder match uh, that I just briefly want to touch on is uh, it seems like, because Pac and, and Phoenix are moving on to the tag title match, which uh, Jackson and Phoenix had a banger of a match. I've seen most of it uh, so far and, and have loved what I've seen thus far, and I haven't quite seen the finish. I know who wins, but um, it, you know, not shocking because the Bucks and, and the Lucha Bros have had Numerous really good matches, Um, so not shocking that they had a good match. And and substituting Pac in for Pentagon is interesting to me. Uh, But the flip side of that is what I wanted to talk about. Seems like maybe they're going to give Pentagon a little bit of a singles run while they Pac and Phoenix do the tag thing, which is interesting because you wouldn't think it would be that way. You would think Pac would have the singles run and the Lucha Bros. I kind of like that they're switching that up with Death Triangle. I've been a Pentagon fan uh, since Lucha Underground. That was where I first became aware I knew of him. I knew the name before, but I hadn't really seen any of his work before that. Became a huge fan of his and Lucha Underground. Love that AEW signed him. Uh yeah, I, I like Pentagon a lot. Um Phoenix is great too. Pac is great too. That's a that's an awesome threesome that they've got there together. But uh I like that Penta is getting a little bit of a singles shot here in, in and he's working, you know, apparently at least for one week. We'll see if this turns in any sort of a prolonged story, but next week he gets Cody, uh, who I thought, and we kind of talked about this, I think, last week, I thought was going to turn heel and end up leading the Horseman. Uh, well, that didn't happen. Uh, so we'll talk about that in, in a second here, because I think that's the last big piece we need to uh, to talk about. But uh, I, just a quick note to say, I, I love the Pentas getting a single shot here. Um, and I'm looking forward to Penta and Cody next week. And I'm, I'm on vacation next week. Uh, Wednesday night I should be home. So for the first time in a long time, I actually might be able to watch either AEW or NXT live. Uh, Got to admit, I don't know which one it'll be right now because of what both shows have done setting up things, uh, which is nice. And that's that's a good, good problem to have. Um, Cody and Penta, though, will be one of the things in the pro column for me watching AEW on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting, and, and and the the quick, effective build uh, to get us to that match next week that they did list past Wednesday was was good, was fun.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, give me more Penta and singles roles. I'm glad they got uh, whatever, it, it, obviously, an injury that he was working through, but also I I had read there were some visa issues that had to get sorted out, which obviously with with any of the international talents is always a Thing, um, and I'm glad that they got that worked out. Penta being back is uh is good stuff as far as I'm concerned. Uh, enjoy him a lot. So, the last piece, of course, is um, I guess there isn't a lot to say from Revolution about it except Jericho and MJF lost, and uh, they called it an inner circle war council. And uh, at that war council, uh, it looked like they were going to attack Jericho, and then they kind of swerved, um, and you almost got swerve, swerve, which you got too many of that. Gets Russo esque. This didn't read like it came across as that though. It actually kind of Jericho and MJF are always looking to one up each other, anyways, and that feels like that's what this was here was the total one up. And uh, be interesting to see what they call MJF's new group. Uh, but MJF now leading w- what I said looked to be maybe a revitalization of the Horsemen with Sean Spears and FDR and Tully and Wardlow. And they've turned the inner circle babyface in doing so, it appears. Uh, definitely the way the beatdown went down certainly looks like that's what's going to happen. Uh, Guevara needed to go babyface anyways. Looks like he's back with the inner circle. Um, Jericho is, is an effective babyface, and we haven't seen babyface Jericho in AEW ever. So it be interesting to see now at this point in his career how he does there. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, uh, they've kind of been babyfaces in Impact before, but, you know, whatever. Um, Hager will be interesting to see uh, how that works out. But Inner Circle flips to babyface. MJF has his new crew. We have uh, all sorts of ways we can go with this moving forward.
0: Was, was there a dissension at all between MJF and Jericho, either tangible or intangible, in the tag match on Sunday?
1: I don't remember anything glaring.
0: Okay the the my one critique of aew is I think sometimes they pull the trigger on things like what happened Wednesday a little too fast. but i but i I don't know if that's the case. i may, maybe I'm just so used to long-term old school build. And you know, in case some point, um we'll talk about the network transition to peacock here momentarily, but earlier this week, I, had the realization of that transition coming up and I had, uh, you know, some time throughout my day to, you know, work and have something in the background. So I threw on November to remember 96 and November to remember 96 with ECW was the kind of the launch to the build to barely legal 97. And one of my favorite storylines in the history of professional wrestling and will be forever at the top of the list was the build to what was the Taz versus Sabu singles match at Barry Legal, which is one of the main selling points of that pay-per-view. But the build to that hits hits the next level at November to remember. Taz had been calling out Sabu for the longest time, like over a year. And and he had been suplexing guys and dropping them on their head and choking people out. And you know, it had Taz or Sabu just again, he wasn't he didn't talk at all. But he just had never answered the call. He had never confronted Taz. And then they finally have the situation where the lights come on in the building and they're across and then they dive at each other and the lights go out. So, you know, they make contact, but you really don't see them make contact and then the lights come back on and they're gone out of the ring. And then the next time that they really have, um, you know, true physicality is when they face off in a match. That long-term storytelling is stuff that I love and I just eat it up, you know, spoonful by spoonful. I'm making that analogy, acknowledging that was '96. This is 2021, so 25 years later, pro wrestling has evolved, and storylines have evolved, and and the content for how it's delivered has evolved. And I loved what happened on Wednesday. I loved the angle. I loved every second of it, and I thought it was one of the more aggressive, and horseman-esque angles that we have gotten in a long time. I think you know another kind of Comparison could be like an evolution style attack uh, back in WWE. It, it just feels like they could have milked it more, and and, and but maybe but maybe not. I don't know. I, I didn't. I, so that's why I asked the question I asked of you: is if they had, you know, if there was dissension on Sunday, that would have given us this, you know, the War Council. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like storylines on fast forward at sometimes. Um for me at least. I don't know. Do do you ever feel that way with AEW in
1: any, in any way? Absolutely. I think AEW has a, a habit of doing that sometimes. I don't know in this case if I agree totally. Um, I guess when I go back and say not, you know, not a lot of dissension, there was the interview afterwards, um, in the back with Inner Circle and they both Jericho and MJF said, you know, yeah, I think, I think we need to discuss some changes. Um, and they both the way both of them said it they just kind of were looking at each other like some change you know i mean so there was that um and you were wondering what change are we going to you know is it adding somebody is it getting rid of they certainly were i think we're hinting that somebody was going to get kicked out um and all along i feel like this storyline has been that mjf how long can mjf and jericho coexist yeah um because you know they're they're very similar Um, they, they were anyways being portrayed as almost similar characters, different yet similar, if that makes sense. Um, you know, both their, their, their egos couldn't coexist. Um,
0: and, and they made it four months. I mean, and
1: than I thought they would,
0: um,
1: I, I thought AEW pulled the trigger on this even earlier. So maybe, maybe that's why I'm feeling like this wasn't too quick because I kind of thought it was going to be a couple of weeks and one of them a turn, um. They milked it for four months um, and got that out of it and now set up, you know, could this now be the match that eventually becomes Blood and Guts? Um, You know, their war game style match, whether that's double or nothing or some other all out or, you know, to me, I, I wouldn't even want it double or nothing. Like, I want this war to go on for a while. And then that becomes, you know, the only way to settle it quote unquote because that's what war games was you know the horseman ran rough shot forever and the only way to take care of it was for four of the biggest stars in in the nwa wcw however you want to look at it to come together in this two ring match you know with the cage and all of that um but you got to make the bad guy stable this indestructible force for so long before you can get there kudos to night one good start um Let's see where that goes. Um, I think, like I said, I'm curious to see what they name it. Um, you know, MJF had his own group in MLW, uh, which is still a group. Well, it's a pair now. Um, but uh, called the Dynasty. I don't know if they'll co op that name since the Dynasty is still a thing in MLW. I would be very leery of doing that. And MLW may even own a trademark on the Dynasty. I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see what they call it. I, I don't really want them to call it the horseman, uh, because they just think sometimes it's kind of like the new rockers or the new foundation. You know, anytime you, I know you're recreating it, but don't tell me you're recreating it. Evolution was a recreation kind of of the horseman, um, originally. Uh, and then what was, uh, what was Orton's group legacy? Um, even had, you know, anytime you get a faction of about four or five guys, you're going to get some horseman, um, vibes probably from it. MJF might be not in ring. Let me be really clear. Character wise might be the closest thing we've had to a Ric Flair character who could lead this in in quite a while. Um, Cody, I think could have done it. And I thought that was where they were headed. Um, I'm actually glad they didn't go Cody's route because again, unfortunately when you're the executive vice president of a company and there's four of them um, anytime you win or do anything big on the show, everybody's going to be like, well, that's because they run the show. Um, You know, and and I think Cody gets more of that than the bucks and Omega do for some reason. Um, At least that's my impression is Cody catches more of that flack. uh,
0: Well, so, so I thought on that is just, Cody's part of the machine. Cody's been part of the machine for a long time. And Cody was the one that bucked the machine and went out on his own path. Omega and the Bucks are more homegrown organic. So they've never really bucked the machine, even though they are not corporate. But they they feel less corporate than Cody. And I think that I think whether stated or unstated, I think that's the underlying thing that exists there. And I don't know how to like articulate that better. No, that's, I can't. that's that's where I that's kind of where I feel.
1: Cody's also more of the out front, uh, talking to the media, uh, that sort of role in his EVP role, you know, whatever they each do. Omega obviously is very involved with their video games and, and their mobile games and, and those kinds of things. Um, and the Bucks have their own obligations, obviously, as well in the company. So the fact that Cody's out front, too, I think just plays into that more. You just think of him more of the EVP because he he's on Go Big and he's on, you know, he's doing the interviews and all of those kinds of things more than omega in the box uh. yeah
0: one, one more just thought too just on the on the cody thing and, and maybe this was slated for him and it, and it pivoted and i and i i'm glad that it, it's playing out the way it is yeah yeah you, ha- you have to think that both cody and moxley here in the near-ish future are both going to take some time away because they're both going to be dads for the first time and you would you would think that they won't again we're still in a pandemic it's getting better it, it will continue to get better um you know this is not a news podcast but there was a statement yesterday that the goal is that you know by May 1 everyone in the United States regardless of what classification you fall into should be eligible for the vaccine so that way by 4th of July we can re- resume in person gatherings without restrictions i don't know if you saw that story or read that at all but that's inter- that that's interesting you know that's, that's a, it's it's a, it's a world view it's a United States view um but that stuff pours over into the world of pro wrestling because if if those who choose to get vaccinated get vaccinated on that timeline we're closer to in-person pro wrestling events as well so that being said that 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 has nothing to do with Cody and Mox being fathers but you think that they're going to want to support their wives and be with their children and not come to tv every week maybe i'm wrong about that but that'd be my perception having a having four kids of his own
1: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and much like Seth Rollins took some time off, you know, when he and, and Becky Lynch's child was born. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see it. And maybe that was a pivot um, with Cody now, you know, having that uh, coming up in his life. Uh, maybe that was a pivot. And and like I said, and you just said, if it was, I think it's a good pivot. And I think it's actually better um, than it would have been. And I think it will be received better than it would have been with Cody. Um, and, ma- and maybe that never was going to be Cody, but. Even Arn coming out and flashing the four uh, a week ago on Dynamite, you know, made me go, okay, Cody's going to be involved in this. And then kudos to them; they swerved me, bro. Um, it's been through, so I would say so.
0: Well, and, and to me, uh, and I'd love to hear how you feel on this. I feel like it was the right amount of like putting the cards back into the deck and shuffling them out into the face and heel side, and having just enough change coming out of this pay per view that it really feels good like it's it, it, it's a there's a lot but it's not too much
1: yeah yeah i agree i i think i i am very intrigued to see where things go um and, and that's good that's what you want right you want me as a fan to want to see where things go and not just go oh i know where things are going um yeah i i, I think you know for as much as i said AEW the pay-per-view was okay I I, that's only based on what I had to pay for it. Um, and, and the world we live in where again, you get all of WWE for 10 or or five bucks a month ring of honor. I can get every, every pay-per-view for 10 bucks a month or, or just haphazardly pay the 10 bucks when there's a month for the pay-per-view. Um, which is what I'm doing right now. Ring of honor, fix it, fix it. Um, I want to give you monthly money, but you're giving me no reason. Um, We've beaten that horse many times, um, yeah. So it really is just based out of that I, I think storyline wise, right now they're they're clicking. Um, so anything more on AEW, Tom?
0: No, no. I again, I'm glad that you were able to watch the show live. I know the week you had last week being a busy one and and not having the ability to watch as much wrestling. I hope that it, I hope that even even with the the challenges that the show presented in its delivery, that it was still worthwhile for you.
1: Yeah, it was. It was nice to be able to just sit and watch wrestling for a few hours. Um, yeah, because the week last week I had was very busy. This week is a little less busy, but not much. Um, so a lot of wrestling hasn't gotten watched either. Uh, but uh, I got vacation next week, so there'll be some wrestling watching going on next week. Anyway, it'll be time to catch up.
0: Sorry, wife. I'm going to watch wrestling.
1: That's right. Well, we're spending the whole week together, so I'm guessing at some point she's going to be like, do you have wrestling to watch downstairs? Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So that that may work out all right. Um well we've got two other topics we still want to hit we're an hour or ten into this. So uh let's keep this train moving along. I don't think we'll spend nearly as much time on either of these two topics.
0: And let's but, remember this the next time we say we haven't talked to AEW in a while. We spent nearly an
1: hour covering AEW content. And deserved deservedly so. Deservedly so, absolutely. And and we spend lots of hours on WWE content. Uh, so I'm glad that we got a chance to really dive into some some AEW stuff um as well. So and, it, and if we missed anything, tell us in the comments or wherever you talk to us, and uh, we'll hit it next week if there was something you really wanted to hear us talk about that we didn't hit, uh, which would be shocking in an hour-and-ten conversation about AEW. But um, maybe there was. Maybe you really want to hear our thoughts on... I don't know.
0: Hakaroshida versus Ryu Mizunami.
1: Yeah, and, and that was a good match, but there just wasn't a whole lot coming out of it for me. Um, well, let's talk about NXT. NXT had a big week this week. Uh, they had... A loaded show, um, a loaded show. Uh, they also had two massive announcements, uh, made this week. Uh, one is that Takeover will be a two-night event as well coming up on WrestleMania. Uh, Takeover did not happen last year. Well, the matches happened with the Takeover um logo on the screen, but at the Performance Center when everything kind of shut down last year. Um, uh, this year Takeover will happen at the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center, and there will be the the fans or trainees or whoever it is that there are there in the crowd. So we'll get some crowd reaction, which will be great. Uh, Two-night event, Wednesday night uh, in its normal time slot on USA. And then the Thursday night event, the next night, will air live on Peacock. Uh, So that will, uh, in some ways, I think be a little bit of a trial run for WrestleMania with the live streaming on Peacock, uh, which is not a bad idea from WWE, certainly. Uh, What it does, though, is, and and Tom, you've got the added piece of you're on a family vacation during all of this time as well, but what it does is it makes me wonder in my life, the way wrestling has gone for at this point, uh, Tom and I would like to announce that our review of NXT TakeOver and WrestleMania 37 will happen sometime in August, most likely, by the time we actually get to see everything. Uh.
0: Yeah, if you've enjoyed weekly episodes of late, thank you. In April, that probably won't be the case.
1: (laughs) Right. We may have to take a break uh, just so that we can actually watch things and talk about them. Um, Holy smokes, that week is packed now. They've also announced the Hall of Fame, which I usually don't watch, to be perfectly honest. Uh, But they've announced the Hall of Fame on Peacock on Tuesday of that week. So Monday night, you've got Raw. Tuesday night you've got the Hall of Fame. Wednesday and, night in the
0: and the Hall of Fame appears to be a 2020 and a 2021 class.
1: Yes. Two so classes. that's
0: yeah, two classes.
1: So yeah, that's well, either going to be a 19-hour show or nobody's going to get as much time as they should, which it I assume it's being held virtually, it's not going to be in person, although I don't know that, they haven't necessarily said that. Um and if it is, obviously you want to keep the speeches reasonable length anyways. Um and you need to do that with the live show too because, you know, we know a couple of those older Hall of Fame's, you know, turned into total marathons, uh, and with two classes, like I said, that could be a, holy smokes, they could still be going when NXT comes on the air on Wednesday night, but um, yeah, so then you have yeah. two hours of NXT on Wednesday night, two hours of NXT on Thursday night, you assume two hours, it actually could be a little longer Thursday night, I, we don't know, Friday night is SmackDown, Saturday night's WrestleMania, Sunday night's WrestleMania, Monday night is the Raw after WrestleMania, which is always crazy, and there had been some rumblings that NXT was going to move to Tuesday nights that week. I've also now seen one thing that said maybe they're not going to move. I don't know. We'll see where that all lands um, because hockey is coming to the USA Network, and that's going to you know probably draw better ratings, frankly, uh, and it definitely gets better advertising dollars. Um, wow! I'm gonna need a vacation.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna need a vacation to watch it, and then I'm gonna need a vacation from watching it.
0: Yeah, just if you wanted to watch that alone. So, like, mind you, like that—that that takes into account that you don't want to watch Ring of Honor that week, you don't want to watch AEW, and you have to think AEW. They always say they don't want to compete on WrestleMania week, so maybe maybe they do a tone down, and and I don't know how the taping schedule works out. If AEW will be live that Wednesday or not, um, it probably would behoove them to maybe just—I don't—you're you're never gonna take a week off, and they're competitive by nature, but if there was ever a week to kind of just coast, I'm going to say that's your week to coast.
1: And I don't think they can do it. I think their egos are too high and and everybody's egos in wrestling are high. So that's not a dig at AEW in any way. If it's not at double or nothing, I could see Omega Christian on, on that night. Okay. That just, uh, sure. maybe. I'm wrong.
0: No, but, 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 to, but to that end, you didn't, you didn't do it, you know, hour by hour, but I mean, I think you can say that, you know, I'm ballparking it without doing the math, 20 hours of WWE content in, in, in a seven day period of time. I mean, nearly three hours a day of, of, of your life given to wrestling. Like again, yeah, it's in, in our bachelor days, sure. We're we're not bachelors, or we're also not, you know, the eighteen to thirty four demo anymore. Not that not to say that they should have more time, but maybe they do.
1: Right. We're just the ones with the income. Um, but you know, not a ton of it. But we have some um, that we can spend on things. But uh, yeah, whoo! But uh, so takeover a two night event. Uh, I think by the end of the night, we saw what I expect to be probably the two main events uh, of each night of takeover: Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, and then Finn Balor and Karrion Cross, most likely. Um, although I think it would be really cool for Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez to get the main event slot on one of those nights. Um, I don't know that they're going to do it because those two main men's division matches are so well built and have such, well, uh, cross balor is going to have to get built, but their story to tell there and it's the NXT title. So that immediately puts it. um, I would really have to look back and see how many times the NXT title has been defended on takeover and it not main event. Um, I, I think it's happened because I think the women's, I know the women's title is, has main evented for NXT, but I don't think it's very often that the NXT title match has happened not in the main event slot. Um, titles should be important, right? Um, but Colin O'Reilly has such a story behind it that it would be hard to put that anywhere but the other main event slot um, opposite. So I think that's where we're headed there. Um, so huge, huge announcement there. And then, I don't know if this is a good thing, they announced the NXT Women's Tag Team titles because WWE has done such a great job focusing on the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. I mean, they left them off TV for months at a time when the Iconics had them. Again, with the Peyton Royce. Um, But uh, what I've read is that the plan originally was the Dusty Cup women's Dusty Cup was going to crown the first NXT women's tag team champions. For whatever reason, they decided to bump the Dusty Cup up and have it run concurrently with the men's Dusty Cup, which then meant that the belts weren't ready. So they pivoted and had Kai and Gonzalez uh, get a women's tag title shot. That happened last week. You know, shenanigans-ish happen, and, you know, uh, Jackson and Baszler win the match. I never like when titles are just awarded.
0: Yeah, I mean, they technically are owed a, should get a, a second shot at Nia and Shayna because the the illegal person was pinned
1: right. in that match. I mean, just saying. Right. No, I think you're 100% right. And so for them to just award the tag titles to Kai and Gonzalez because they had won the Dusty Cup, I, I, I don't love that. Now, maybe they rectified that in make, having them defend them that same night and lose them that same night to Shotzi and Ember. Why not just say, here are the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. We're going to bring these in. We're, you know we're, This is going to be a thing. And we're going to have a rematch tonight of the finals of the Dusty Cup because these were the two teams that made it through seven other or six other teams they're the best tag teams obviously in the women's division so that we're going to have this match tonight for the nxt women's tag team titles or run another tournament i maybe you don't want to do another women's tag tournament right after you just did one i understand that but maybe have two qualifying matches that they both win and have it a takeover although gonzalez seems to be busy at takeover potentially so i understand that I Don't know why not just have the match be for the new titles and have Blackheart and uh and Ember Moon win them. I I don't quite understand why you put them on Kai Gonzalez just to have them drop them the next that same night. Like that part was weird to me,
0: right? So, just in the same vein where I was somewhat critical of AEW rushing things, this is WWE rushing oh. things and 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 not Super for the fun. sake of a good outcome, like it just. It didn't. It, it was more than needed to happen. Like I mean, I, I don't know why you want the footnote of saying or having to have say Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are the first ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. They are the first ever Women's Dusty Cup champions. That should be enough. You know the way you laid it out, Jim, would have made, would have been much less convoluted, and probably the way they should have gone.
1: Yeah, and I it just <laughs> I, and I also don't know that WWE needs any more titles.
0: Holy smokes. Well, well on that note, the well the other good thing to take away from NXT is we see Jordan Dev- Devlin come to the US. So we at least think we're going to get an interim and the regular NXT Cruiserweight title merged back into one.
1: Yes. Which which is good news and one of th- I want I want to see one of two things. Either Santos Escobar needs to win that Um, unification match, or I'm okay with Devlin winning it if that means you're moving Escobar out of the cruiserweight division and going to give him more of a focus because I think he's worth that. Um, So if this is a way to do that, then I'm okay with him losing the title because then you need to get him out of the cruiserweight. You can't got to get that belt off him if that's what you're going to do. And I think it's possible that's where they're headed. If he's going to stay in the cruiserweight division, Escobar needs to win that match. Santos Escobar is, Devlin's very good. Escobar, for me, character-wise, in-ring, all of that, head and shoulders above Devlin. Um, Devlin's very good in the ring. Character-wise, I don't think Devlin's even in Escobar's ballpark. Um, So, yeah. Uh, and, And they seem to be even, you know... Mendoza and Wild, who tend to lose most of their tag matches, which is a little annoying to me uh, that they're not made a, into more of a force. In fact, I picked them to win the tag titles seven months ago at a, take, at a uh, take over a Halloween Havoc or something uh, where we were talking about it. Um, but they got themselves a win, albeit with MSK coming down and, and distracting the Grizzly Young Vets and, and that sort of thing, um, which I like that they're that you're already setting it up either for MSK to lose their tag title shot or if they happen to win their tag title shot, which I still think they will, um, you're already setting up their first challengers. MSK and Grizzled Young veterans having a, a good um, feud already built. Um, so I like that. And I like that Mendoza and Wild got a win uh, because I think that Legado del Fantasma is, is very, very good. I'm a big fan of all three of those guys. Like like what they do with them, and, and I just want to see them give Wild and, and Mendoza a little more credibility. Uh, so a win over Young Veterans, even with some shenanigans leading to it, can be a good reestablishing and, and launching point uh, for them. We'll see how that moves forward, you know, as they go. But uh, yeah, takeover is already starting to take shape. It feels like, even though we're still a month away, uh, it feels like they have a much more defined vision of where they're going for takeover. Than they do for Fastlane, which is like a week away. <laughs> Vince versus Triple H, right? I mean, that's you know booking their booking styles. I mean, um, so NXT it'll be interesting to see. But uh, I, the women's tag title thing was wonky as heck. Uh, I have to say, did I miss? I read through the results. As I said, I haven't seen it yet. Was Cameron Grimes on the show this week, or did they, no. they not have him? No, weird. I know,
0: I know, missing opportunity or missed opportunity.
1: Yeah, and that's you know. I have loved his thing, Ted DiBiase. I'm coming for you. Um, if DiBiase isn't a takeover, then I don't know why they're doing this. Um, you know, they've got to have a, an idea for Ted to come in and and even just have a, a skit with Grimes. Uh, I'm loving Cameron Grimes. I just I, I liked him since he came into NXT, but I, I'm I'm loving what they're doing with him. Um, on the flip side, let's talk just real briefly here. Uh, I don't want us to go too Broadway, and we still have one more topic. But uh, much like I was talking about with Scorpio Sky and Darby Allen, when you bring somebody in new or you have a person turn or that kind of thing, I think it's interesting. Um, you and I both have talked about La Knight is somebody that I've had um, on my radar for years and years and years, and somebody I'm very excited to see in NXT. I think it's interesting that Bronson Reed is his first opponent. Uh, feud, whatever you want to say, because they've gotten behind Bronson Reed a little bit here lately and been pushing Bronson. So I just don't know who you have go over at this point. Uh, Now you can make it a prolonged thing and probably Knight gets the first win by some sort of illegal tactic, distraction, thumb in the eye, something. Um, But it's interesting to me to see that that's where they went first. I feel like there are probably some other options They could have had him win a couple of matches against a guy, you know. I I hate that they don't use Jake Atlas more as more than just, you know, kind of cannon fodder for others. But somebody like that. Um, Leon Ruff's getting a little bit of a program with Isaiah Squat, but you could have Knight come in and, you know, beat up Ruff or something. So I know those guys are busy doing some other things, but I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see how they book it because I think both of those guys are guys you seem to be getting behind. So... Eventually I could get to that, but wow, starting right off with it.
0: Interesting yeah. to what they're gonna do. I think we I think we don't get that match specifically until takeover. I think what well, LA Knight says he's debuting in the ring next week. I don't see that against Bronson Reed. If Agreed. they do if they do, I don't wanna be surprised because that's sometimes how things roll out. Um, I think you need to have LA Knight come in and, and embarrass someone and then Reed comes out to to, to save them. Um, just two other things that I just want to call out on NXT. They're building something between Imperium and Timothy Thatcher. Yep. They haven't really told us their, their backstory, but there is some sort of backstory there. Um, golly, has Tommaso Ciampa really fallen down the ladder? Like,
1: Although I like, I, I read that Ciampa said he would like to get in the ring with their general.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, Ch- yeah. So, I was gonna, I was gonna try to get there, and I don't know if, that, if that's how we end up at takeover, or or if it, however that works. Again, if if Jordan Devlin can come to the U.S., why can't Walter? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, again, much like I felt with Johnny Gargano, and and he's actually his character has evolved in a in a different way, but still fresh. I feel like Champa has regressed and. I don't know. Like, he needs
1: to shave his head too. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. The hair doesn't help, and, and 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 I and I don't know the value, if there is value, of calling yourself Old Man Ciampa. Like you don't want like NXT should be your cool hit brand. I don't think you want yourself going around being called that. So so yeah. So I wanted to call this the just the Thatcher Champa Imperium, potentially Walter coming in in that mix. Oh. All the, how that's gonna play out.
1: And if you remember, and, and I don't know that you, if you do, Tom, Thatcher was a member of RingConf uh, okay, with Walter right. and Alexander. Uh, why did I just lose Alexander's last name? Wolf, uh, Wolf. Wolf. Thank you. I kept thinking white and I'm like, that's not right. Um, Alexander Wolf, uh, they were they were RingConf in their indie days uh, over in Europe. So that's without naming it. That's the backstory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. The other thing is Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn did beat Jake Atlas on Wednesday. Uh, Pete Dunn's still associated with the Brit M Brawlers, the tag champs. Again, it seems like they are destined for MSK. Um, and so Pete Dunn has to have his own thing. Pete Dunn laid out a challenge where he wants someone to come after him. It seems like that should be setting up a, a big someone. I don't know who that big someone is. Um, I love Pete Dunn's shrug. Like like when he beats someone and he like snaps their fingers and he's like, Hmm. Like, that is, like, the best, like, like he ca- he cares, but he's like, no one No one can touch me right now. So I hope someone can come in and, and give him a run for his money. Um, perfect guy to do that to me because of their history, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate seems to be busy in NXT UK, so probably not that. But, again, I lo- I think the bait done chemistry is off the charts. So if they want to run that back in 2021, I'm on board for that.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anybody – that we haven't seen for a while, maybe that they could be bringing back. You know, I don't think it's going to be Velveteen Dream or anything like that. Um, I hope it's not to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. If there's anybody that's been on the shelf or anything. I, no, nobody's coming straight to mind. So be interesting to see. And, and I love when they, they build things again, a little slowly like that. Um, and I'm a done fan as well. So um done looking uh, menacing and, and, and unbeatable or, or whatever you want to say works for me, um, and he plays that character so well, just like you said, the shrug of, yeah, I'm a really, really I'm a big jerk, uh, and I don't care, <laughs> um, so, so NXT and AEW both, you know, have a lot going on right now, which is a lot of fun, um, and and seem like they have some builds going on towards things, which is more than we can say uh, for main brand WWE, but we'll talk more about that probably in the weeks to come, but before we go today, I uh, just want to touch on the WWE Network moving over to Peacock. Uh, They released more details this week Uh, at launch, which is just about a week away right now. Um, In fact, it is a week away from uh, Friday here as we record early morning on Friday. At launch, you will have all of this year's pay-per-views. You will have every episode of Raw and SmackDown, um, and the new ones get added 30 days after, and that's just due to their broadcast agreements uh, with USA and Fox, which is what they were uh, roughly on the WWE Network as well. And uh, you're gonna have a lot of the documentaries, the the Stone Cold uh, podcasts or uh, podcasts, whatever it is, um, that he's doing now, his video show. You're gonna have The Last Ride, you're gonna have you know, Chronicle and 24 and all of those shows. You're not, at launch, going to have every WWE, WCW and ECW pay-per-view at your fingertips. They plan to add all of the back catalog by SummerSlam so you've got March until sometime around August before all of that will get re-added. They're not adding all of the backlog yet until sometime around August. Um, and I suppose they'll be loading some of these things as they go along. It's not going to be one big dump in August either. But uh, you're not going to have all of the classic, besides we on SmackDown, you're not going to have all of the classic WCW TV shows, the WWF Wrestling Challenge shows that they had just started to upload that I had watched. So there's a lot of content that's going to be missing for a while, and that sucks because you and I both really enjoy going back and watching some of that old stuff I know, Tom. Uh, so there's point one. I've, I've got another point about this, but thoughts as you heard that or read that or or I think you became aware of that before today. Um, I don't think I'm telling you anything new, so... Um, what was your response when you saw that?
0: Yeah, so the best way I think I can describe or respond to this is saying you know the WWE Network, and it's crazy to think it's been around seven years already. Yeah, it, it's it's been a creature comfort for many. I I will say it is for me. Um, maybe it has been for you. I'm sure it has been for a lot of fans. And and we're we're in we're in our routine of it being things that we want to see or things that we know we can access are so accessible on demand. It's like to take it out of the wrestling landscape, you know, if you've got a favorite snack or if you've got a favorite fast food, you know, comfort food, you know, you can run through the drive-thru or run into the store and you can find it just like that. That's being taken away from us. And I have a hard time believing that the infrastructure doesn't exist where you can literally take the network as it stands and go extract and input. Especially with all the money behind this, it isn't happening. Obviously, um, it's interesting to to come right out and say we're waiting until August. Maybe they're doing that as a as a as a giving them like time and space. If they then over deliver and give it to you in July or June, look, we gave it to you sooner. Okay, nonetheless, and 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 again, it's, it's a hit or miss proposition for me in a way. Like I said, I don't always want to go watch November to Remember or something, you know, a nostalgic ECW show or WCW Nitro or whatever. But to know that I had that access because I was paying for it, and to now know that I'm losing it, it's a it's a bummer. So
1: I I do think it's definitely smart that they've put it at the $4.99 tier because there is a $9.99 tier to Peacock as well. Um, that you don't have any ads. Then when you're watching the, their catalog of shows, The Office and Parks and Rec and all of their shows and, and movies, uh, the $4.99 tier does have some does have ads. Um, but I think it's smart that they're putting the network at the $4.99 tier because if you left it at the night, if you went to $9.99, you'd be asking for the same amount of money. Yes, you're getting all of the NBC shows, but let's be honest, there are some WWE fans who could give two craps about anything else on Peacock. They're looking just for the network, and that's fine. I happen to enjoy some of those shows. There's some movies on there that I'm looking forward to watching that were behind the $4.99 paywall, you know, not free. There's a lot of stuff on there that's just free um, already, but there's a lot of movies on there that I'm interested to see um, that I've never seen or that I want to see again. So I, I'm fine paying the 5 bucks and knowing that I'm getting a lot of other things, too, although I'm disappointed, like you said, to not be able. I just started watching some of those wrestling challenges and now I know I have until April 4th, basically, because the old WB network goes away on April 4th. They just hit me for my 10 bucks because I forgot to cancel in time. So I will, you know, have that until, I guess, April 4th. I don't know if I need to cancel. Like, they shouldn't hit me again after April 4th because I can't have it. But I also feel like I probably should cancel <laughs> before then, um, just in case. Because I don't want to pay 10 bucks for something I can't use. Um, so I think it's smart that it's less. But, man, that's a disappointment. Um, The other disappointment for me, and you and I talked about this just a little bit before we went uh, live recording, you won't have the opportunity to pause or rewind the live feed. So when you're watching a live pay-per-view, you'll have that ability when you're watching anything on demand, I'm sure. But um, you won't have it with the live feed. So when you're watching, um, if you decide to watch Fastlane on Peacock, and then when you watch WrestleMania on Peacock, since it's the only way to see it, um, you won't be able to pause, you won't be able to, to rewind To me, that also would mean then I won't be able to start it from the beginning if I I start watching it an hour later. So sometimes with pay-per-views now starting at six o'clock, sometimes six o'clock hasn't worked for me. I shared with Tom uh, Fastlane, for instance. I have a trivia night. I run a trivia company. We've talked about that before. I have a trivia night that goes until seven o'clock, about 40 minutes away. Um, So it's usually eight o'clock, 8.15 before I get home on a Sunday night if I have that trivia night. It's once a month happens to fall on the same night as Fastlane. Now, I still have access to WWE Network, so when I get home, if I decide to start watching Fastlane, I can start it from the beginning on the network. No problem. Normally, that night, though, falls on the second Sunday of the month. This, this month, it got moved one week because of my own personal calendar. So that means in April, April 11th is the second Sunday of the month. So that means when I get home at 8 o'clock and I want to watch night two of WrestleMania... My two options are now going to be either start watching WrestleMania right at that moment and pick up whatever match is happening and watch the rest of it and then have to go back and watch whatever matches I missed. Potentially having them spoiled for me, as Tom mentioned, you know, with a flashback, you know, earlier tonight we saw Daniel Bryan win the U.S. title or whatever. I'm just throwing random things out. I don't expect that.
0: Um, they do always right. a riddle Daniel Bryan rematch.
1: Right. They They, they do. And and I would love to see that actually at WrestleMania. I have no idea how you get to that with two different them being on different shows, but it's WrestleMania. Things can happen. Um, as much as I wanted to see Brian go against Reigns, I don't necessarily want to see an angle, and I, and I do worry slightly we could be getting to this. I don't necessarily want to th- see a three way for the Universal Title. Get Brian in with Reigns and Edge. I, singles matches for titles at WrestleMania, um, for the main titles at least. Anyways, different story for another week. Um, that's a bummer for me and my own personal viewing habits because I don't always get down there right at the beginning of a show um, down there. I'm I'm in the basement currently, um, but uh, I don't you know get a chance to start the show always right at six o'clock because of either trivia or my wife and I have something going on. We're working on something. We're working on a project. Okay. At 730, my time, you know, the show's been on for an hour and a half, but I can start it from the beginning then. When what, I have start.
0: It's it's just life, and in this world of we're, we're, with so much on demand, like on demand allows you to live life, and then when you have that time to allocate, dedicate to jump in, and so again, it's seven years of being able to come in at seven thirty and go, nope, watch from beginning, and now right. that's
1: gone, and that's gone, and and I have that ability with you know like I right now we use Hulu Live for our main. Um, cable package, whatever you want to call it, TV package. I have that ability there. If it's recording on my DVR, I can start it from the beginning. If I get, you know, get into Raw or SmackDown recording or, or NXT, I'm usually busy those nights. But I again, I can start. It, it, yeah, it's just annoying. I'm sure it's a feature that will be added over time. I'm sure that they're working on it. I did read that the WWE's platform was specifically built for them, and so this, for some reason they can't just move it over to peacock with that platform i i
0: For the amount of money being paid sell right. those rights too. They're I don't right.
1: know.
0: Charges, <laughs> right. tar- 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 I don't
1: quite understand, you know, I, I i don't design streaming apps, so there may be a very good reason why that can't be done. Um, but it doesn't make sense to me that it can't. Yeah. Um, and, and that with the lead time you had knowing this deal was being worked on and being come come with it that you couldn't get that figured out is annoying. Um, so for me, Either I start watching WrestleMania Night 2 halfway through, or now I have to try to find time in my week, which we previously discussed how much time I don't have in my week usually, um, to try and find a way to watch Night 2. It's just, it's it's an annoyance, you know, look, does it mean I'm not going to subscribe? No, they're going to get my five bucks, Um, and I'll figure it out, but yeah, it just stinks.
0: yeah, it still can be a point of frustration on that path. And 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 again, with anything ever being new, you know, we both had the pleasure, pun intended, no, no pun intended, of, of working remotely over the course of the last year due to the pandemic. There was adjustment there, and we both made it work. And I know that as WWE fans, we'll make this move to Peacock work, but doesn't mean we can't be grumpy about it or or, (laughs) can't whine
1: about it on a podcast. Cause Hey, otherwise why do you have a podcast?
0: (laughs) Right. So and again, not that we wanted to close the show on a uh, sour note. That's not our intent, but it's, it's happening. like you said, it's, and it actually snuck up on me. The fact that we are a week away from this move. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, and and the network, WWE Network will still be live until I think it's April 4th, um, if I remember the, the dates right. But um, just before the insanity of WrestleMania week begins. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, hey, I mean, from a business side, you know, WWE is getting like five billion dollars or whatever for this licensing deal. Um, maybe it's one billion. I can't remember. It's a lot of money that they're getting. Um, from a business side, I get it. I mean, why wouldn't they do this? Um, from the end user side, at least at the start, there's going to be some annoyance. Now, I remember seven years ago when WWE Network rolled out and everybody, not everybody, there was lots of complaints about what wasn't on the network at that point, too. I think part of the frustration now is after seven years, we've gotten so much. There's still things that aren't on the network. Um, you know, there were only the first 13 wrestling challenge episodes. The old school WWF superstars, which was actually kind of their A show at that point, um, none Maybe there's a few episodes here and there if they've used them for um, documentaries or things, but none of their, they haven't started to upload those in mass. And I think part of my frustration is I just realized now that's going to be way down the priority list to get those going again. Um, So, you know, I'm probably fall, winter before I even get Challenge back again. And that's annoying. Um, Partially because that last episode, I've shared this on the podcast before, that last episode of Challenge that they've uploaded thus far which I'm probably just going to jump ahead and watch before the fourth so that I can see it is the first of, I believe three episodes, maybe four that were the very first wrestling show I ever attended was that wrestling challenge taping. And I was so looking forward to reliving all three or four of those shows. Um, I probably can find them on YouTube. They probably exist out there. Um, But I definitely want to go back and watch the first one. I won't remember much of what happened. I was like eight, nine, something like that. Um, but nostalgia wise and to see if I might be able, we sat in like the fourth or fifth row. So can I find my brother and I and my grandpa um, sitting on wrestling challenge from 1986, man, that would be fun.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: So so I'm probably going to have to go back and watch that show anyways. Now just out of sequence, because it's going to be a while before they get them uploaded. I I, I say if ever, but hopefully they'll get to that. Um, So there's a bummer of a way to end a show, but uh, in happier news, We'll be back next week because I'm on and, vacation. So and,
0: and no audio issues this week.
1: No audio. Nope. You sounded great all night or all night, all day. It's early morning. What am I saying all night? When,
0: whenever you're listening to this, I sounded right.
1: great. Tom sounded great. <laughs> and we hope he sounded great to you too. Because he didn't I heard nothing bad this week from the audio, uh, which is also a huge step in the right direction after um, we fumbled our way through last week. But next week we'll be back. Uh we'll be back with fast lane picks. Um and then really quick on the, on the heels of that. We're going to have to do an episode the next week, uh, with ring of honor, 19th anniversary picks. So it'll be good to delve more into ring of honor. We've, we've touched on it each week, um, along the way, didn't touch on it this week, but, uh, we'll have a lot more to say as they continue to build that card out. They've got, uh, three matches I think announced thus far and, and more to come over the next week, obviously week and weeks to come to come in ring of honor. So, uh, Looking forward to our next two head-to-heads and hopefully a chance for me to uh, close that gap a little bit on you, Tom, and not let it widen anymore. Ah, boo, boo to you, sir. Uh,
0: Yes, for those of you not watching on YouTube, I made a widening symbol with my hands and pointed to me. I know that on on an audio podcast, you gotta kinda tell the story. So Jim was was booing me for that reason exactly.
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, everybody, you guys uh, stay safe, stay warm. Uh, If we have any listeners in Colorado, God bless you all this week, because uh, my wife and I were supposed to go to the great city of Denver this weekend uh, into the middle of next week. And uh, y'all are getting like three feet of snow. And I'm not even joking. Like, seriously, the prediction is 12 to 24 inches, maybe over 30. Um, in Estes Park, uh, which is not far from Denver, uh, just into the mountains a little bit. Literally, the weather report says two to four feet of snow. They don't even talk about it in inches. They're talking about it in feet of snow. If we happen to have listeners in Colorado, I don't know that we do. Uh, but if we do, stay safe, stay in, have some hot chocolate, watch the WB Network until you lose access to it, um, and uh, and and stay safe and stay warm, because we're not coming to Denver this weekend anymore, because that's just... Stupid weather, frankly. <laughs> um, so, uh, stay safe where we are. I hope it's a lot warmer and you're not getting three feet of snow where you are. We're not here either. Uh, we're gonna get some rain, but that's fine. We need it. And, uh, we will talk to you again next week, right back here Two spot monkeys live. Have a good week, everybody.